Hello and welcome to the Coast Football Ramble Podcast. This week, we review our win against Western. We catch up with Mariners defender Stefan Negro. Sean joins us for a chat and we answer your questions. I'm Pete and I'm joined by Luke, Josh and Morrow. Lads, lads, lads. Winning pod again. Can you believe it? What is happening? It's, it's not unusual. It's just becoming a bit of a norm. It's a winning pod, baby! Living in another dimension right now. It's five winning pods. Well, five wins that we've had already this season anyway, which is equal to the amount of wins that we had throughout the entirety of last season. I meant to add up before we recorded today how many winning pods we have done <laughs> since, like, four years ago or something, and we, we must be nearly halfway there. Well, we've we've gone seasons where we've won three games, so we're in glory days here, yeah. boys. Five and seven, how good. Oh. So good. Imagine not being first. Oh, could never be my team. No. <laughs> Let's kick things off, as we always do, with Fred's question. Now, Fred asks this week, with all these standout performances from our young players this season so far, how important is it to start locking down these players with contracts, and who are our priorities? Luke, let's start with you. Uh, massively important. Probably the number one priority at the club, if you ask me. Um, we've literally just seen an article come out uh, from SBS about Alo Kowal. Uh, it's looking likely he will be upgraded to a pro deal in the next sort of day or so um, for maybe one year or two. Fingers crossed it's the two. Uh, so that's number one out of the way that would... And look, to be honest, probably not, probably not my number one priority to lockdown, strangely enough, even though he's scoring goals and massively uh, impressing. If if we're going to talk about locking players down, um, for me it's the Nisbets, that's someone like a Maxi Ballard, um, someone like a Dan Hall, who's the only on a scholarship who we've still yet to see, of, see much of, um, unfortunately, in the A-League yet, but that's because of the competition for places and how well the rest of the team's all playing. So... If we're speaking about young players, um, for me it's probably Niz, Max Ballard, who I rate hugely, and then probably a low, um, which is looking like we've got one of those locked away now, which is good. Agreed with what Luke just said, but I'd also add Tongik. I think Tongik's been the standout, and I would, if he, if his performances continue in the way, I'd probably give him a two-year deal because he's earned it after the start of the season that he's had. Most improved player by a mile for me. I'm not really, you know, going to drop any of the names of the players in this. I, I'm actually I'm that person who, in past pods, has talked about how gratifying it is when we actually get to uh, see the success of some of our youth when they move on from our club and uh, maybe get some success out of that ourselves. But for me, the most important thing is that we do good business on this. I suppose there's a chance that there'll be an A-League transfer system coming up soon. So if we lock these players down in ways that actually are right, then we, you know, maybe we'll have to. Experience the pain of a player moving on from us but um, as a business then if we do the right thing and smart business then we'll at least get the benefit that we should get and that we do deserve for the work that's been put into these players when, when they do go if they do go because you know if 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 um, Real Madrid wants to sign a low should we stop him? No. Surely not. I mean, we've never we've never been the club that stands in the way of young players going forward to sort of try and realise their potential and realise their dreams. You know, Musti Amini, Trent Sainsbury, Matty Ryan, um, Tommy Rogic, just to name a few. Um, 
but I think lock the entire squad down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and right, and lock right it down. Now. And right lock now. it down, stop the count, do what you got to do. Totally get that <laughs> fans have got this on their mind because, you know, yeah. we've seen this plenty of this in the past. We've had our opportunities to keep players and, and there have been ones that have got away from us and, and, you know, we don't want to see that because this success, long may it continue. Yeah. And I think someone else who actually just skipped my mind that is Jaden Casella. I've been really impressed with him and I think people maybe forget that he's only 20. Yeah, he's, on a, he's only he's on a scholarship, yeah. Super impressive, only on a scholarship, um, really energetic, good passer of the ball, has obviously scored a goal too, gets in the right positions. Um, that's probably also up there for me for locking young players down very, to contracts. Very positive, very direct, very technically gifted as well as yeah. Casella. And Jay-Z speaks well. We spoke to him, obviously, on uh, the last episode of the Coast Football Ramble podcast, so make sure you go and check that out if you haven't already. Shameless plug. Absolutely shameless plug <laughs> on on the same show. A shameless plug Plugging on the same the show. show yeah. <laughs> There's no shame. Very good. I reckon that every guest that we've talked to so far has been quality. They've spoken really well and they've been really keen. And all of them have bought into the Mariners as a club, as a culture. With and it, it seems like the team gets on really, really well. And that's an awesome sign. And obviously, that's translating to results on the pitch. Yeah, and I think we've we've been in the position in the past, fortunately, to hear the odd thing every now and then when there was an issue and things we probably haven't said on here, haven't heard one inkling of any issue in the dressing room, like on the training pitch, like not not one. So I think when all the boys come on here and when they come on interviews and say that the vibe is really good, that everything is really good in the dressing room, all the boys are all getting along, I think that's 100% on the money. Yeah, I think the biggest thing that we've heard is that after training, uh, when uh, the recreational activities start, there may be some uh, conjecture there going on. But we'll check out the interview for that one. But I, I think back to Fred's question. I think it's it's a super important question to ask right now. But for me, it's we've just got to enjoy what is happening right now for as long as we can. Enjoy it. <laughs> it enjoy might only the last. Ride. It might only last another five games. Might only last another ten games. And if it does, great, because then we'll be obviously. Up near the right end of uh, the table, but just enjoy what's happening right now and um, the cards will fall after that, after some good performances where they do. What will be, will be. We're going to win the league. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, sir. Let's go and have a uh, quick look at, uh, of course, Sunday's game. It was two quality finishes from Alo Kual and a Matty Simon goal. Of course, the Mariners' all-time leading goal scorer and six-time Golden Boot winner, Matt Simon, uh, who got the equaliser in the first half there, um, to beat Western United 3-2. Another come-from-behind victory uh, at uh, Fortress Central Coast Stadium on Sunday there. Starting to run out of stuff to describe what's happening the last two weeks, (laughs) of the last two games. Like, what... What the hell? When, when, I mean, Western are a weird sort of a team for me because you look at their team on paper, Borussia, Diamante, mm. Sanchez, Juan who is a good player, well, yeah. but a mm. big crybaby. Oh, God, Soft. Um, Lustica. Mm. They've got some good players in their team. Like clockwork, my friend Robert. That's a hat trick. <laughs> Every week it does it. <laughs> oh, my God. Anyway, they, are, they, they should be probably a better team than what they are, if I'm honest. Like, but they, they seem to... They've got the quality, which was obviously on show on the weekend with their Mati setting up the early goal with the worldie of a free kick. Um, but we, we, we somehow did it again. 
We did it again against a good side. We've done it again. Now, I thought particularly that Rudin was outcoached by Stadge. Um, Stadge has got his subs right. And I know mm-hmm. that Josh, you made the point of that earlier as well. Um, but one thing I wanted to touch on before we go too much further into this is Rudin's post-match presser. Um, now, for anyone who hasn't seen it yet, I strongly, Very suggest, strongly suggest that you go and check it out. He um, firstly and foremostly cl- claims to accept full accountability um, for the results and then goes and throws his players absolutely under the bus. Yep. They've been hit and then they've been run over again and again and again. <laughs> yeah, I think their remains are still in the driveway outside the western side there, actually. Nobody's come to pick them and up. And he was also playing some mind games earlier in the week with the whole trying to, I think it was, was it you, Pete, that said trying to squash that whole underdog narrative saying, oh, the Mariners are top of the league, they deserve to be, we're mm-hmm. playing the best team in the league. Mm. Well, he was right because they got beat. So that was that was perfect. But uh, yeah, just just yeah. mentioning on that, I I put down about how I think our subs probably changed the game for us. Kual comes on, scores a double. Bowman gets an assist, and who came on for Western? They had that maybe that one chance where Burgess went through, was it, or was it Parias, or one of them went Parias, through, Parias, and yeah. Beera saved the ball with his balls. <laughs> Which would have would have hurt a lot, yeah. but other than that, like I think that was really their only one real chance from their subs. Whereas Kual came on and was just immediately impressive, closing subs down are, players yeah. and obviously scores the two goals and already a cult hero, I reckon. Yeah, the subs were massive because I I think we we definitely started slow, and that was whether that was some fatigue or I'm not sure. All the boys seem to say that they're all in good nick, but you have to think three games in seven days. There's a little bit of Flatness there, yeah. yeah, and especially after the high that was um, Simo's 200th game, mm. um, and something that I, I noticed on the weekend too was Western Western United pressed a lot mm-hmm. and pressed hard, and we we struggled with that in the first sort of 20 25 minutes, and even sort of it's even sort of other points in the game where they sort of seemed to back off sort of for a little bit, but then they really started to press again, but. When they, that was you know one of the main reasons why they scored the goal because uh, Bazanik was put under pressure. He did a bit of a hospital pass to Rolls. Rolls did a bit of a hospital pass to Clisby, and then Clisby has to give away the free kick. And in the worst spot to arguably the best player in the league, not we get even punished. arguably for me, best yeah. player in the league. Yeah, and we get duly punished by the tallest player in the league. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and so, um. You know that that wasn't really surprising, and I think yeah we we struggled with their press. There was a few mistakes early on, even even from Ruan, who we just obviously spoke about in high regard. He gave the ball away a few times just because we were just under pressure, and I think the, the three games in seven days were probably starting to catch us a bit. I think but it's it, another example of our pre- sorry to cut you off, Aaron. I think it's another example of like our fitness to be able to run yeah. over the top of teams, you know, seventy minutes onwards in games, and that's how we got the goals. Alou scores two goals in four minutes in the I think it was the seventy seventh and eighty first minute. And that's how we win the game. And they're like Luke was just saying, their press. It, it also, one thing you got to mention is it was a pretty warm day. So yeah. you, when you're pressing for 60 minutes, it's definitely going to take something out of you. And then as soon as the subs came on, we just ran over the top of them and wasn't it good to see. And I think that's where Rudin got the press conference right, that uh, they didn't match us with that intensity late in the game. Right. And they knew, and he talked to them uh, during the game and at halftime, I think, from the comments post-match, that about the fact that we would make a double substitution and we would bring that enthusiasm and intensity and they needed to be ready for that. And I've got to be honest, they weren't. Um, in the moments before the uh, Bauman cross and the low um, uh, diving header, then 
I think we lost the ball twice perhaps in that play but won the ball back quickly because mm. we just had more intensity than them. They didn't really know how to handle us. So maybe early in the game they they'd pressed us hard and, and that was hard for us. But when it counted late in the game, it was us that was doing the pressing. And we it gave was, it back. Exactly. And I, I think that's what's impressing me most at the moment is that we're not, no matter the style of the other team, we're not going into our shell like we would in the past. We're not sitting deep. We're not just not sticking to the game plan or anything and that, that's that's why we got back into the game because Matty Simon put uh, I think it was Vujica Pete please Vujica Vujica um, put him under pressure which he did he then did a hospital pass to Diamante and then he mm. sends it out for a corner from halfway somehow <laughs> and that that was all because of the pressure that was all because of the press so even though we were even though we were getting pressed a lot we were also giving it back and oh. that's that's what I'm enjoying at the moment or even when we were a goal up and it's the 94th minute and Alou mm. has the option of maybe taking it to the corner but he says nah I'm just going to try and chip a defender <laughs> yeah. and go stri- direct straight to goal and try and score Mental. and Insane. <laughs> I, I honestly thought that was going to be number four I was ready to hit my knee on the seat in front of me once again <laughs> for a fourth goal but obviously didn't happen but we got the win and then was it 96th minute or whatever and Alou's in the corner and we're finishing out the game and that's another thing we should mention about how we've been closing out games once we've gotten in front we haven't really looked like conceding mm. to to, a, to the team no we're panic. playing no panic exactly Aaron um, yep. we conceded at the worst possible time in the game in my opinion as yeah. well maybe, yeah. maybe two maybe, horrible times to concede maybe really early maybe, and really late yeah in the first I was going to say maybe besides a stoppage time to lose or something but Right before half time for me is the worst time to concede. Just on that, I think I read somewhere during the week that, um, or yesterday in fact, that Stadge is the first coach in A League history to turn over half time deficits two games in a row. Mm. Good stat. Not yeah. bad. Not 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 bad at all. And that is that intensity. But um, it'd be it'd be wrong not to also focus on the quality because uh, that the corner is perfectly placed for Alou to mm. uh, make that header. But mm. the quality of that finish to put that ball straight back mm. at the far post like he did for not a easy. kid like him is it's super quality. Not easy. And, and that's not all. The the Bowman cross is precision, oh, 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 absolute, absolute pre- precision, and the diving header. Absolute precision, not an easy thing to do, a very difficult thing to do, but uh, 19 years of age and pulling off that kind of quality. So, yeah, we've got that intensity. We're bringing that work, that hard work, but we're bringing the quality as well. And just, uh, I know I just focused a little bit on Urania and the and the precision pass to Matty Simon for the ball for Casella in the previous game, but it was before Matty scores the first goal, then it's Urania who hits the post. Mm. Um, it was unlucky not to be the scorer of our first in this game. So, I'm in, we've I'm got in, a lot left. I'm impressed with you right now. Yeah, we've I got think, a lot left. I think sort of early on, I think I'm, I made the call, he looked a bit slow or sluggish or something, But and I think I said at the time that it was obviously an early call, but I think now with a bit more training under his belt, I think sort of similar to Wednesday night, um, he, he looked good on the weekend again mm. and probably should have had a goal. Probably should have had two, really. Yeah, Has, I don't, yeah. Shoots the one-on-one straight at the keeper oh, and then yeah. hits the post, which in the lead-up to the first goal. So I like him. I like that he shit talked Barisha. That was <laughs> yeah. I was enjoying that at the corner very much. He seems he seems like he's bought into the mentality of he knows he has to work hard mm. and he's also going to do sort of some of the dirty work which a lot of the boys are doing at the moment. Mm. But he's also bringing a bit of quality, mm. which is good. Mm. He was he was buzzing after the game as well. Saw him with uh, with Simo and Beers and, and Piercy as well mm. um, in the uh, in the marquee after the game. A few of the players got together in that, and um, like the camaraderie and, and um, team spirit and it, it's faultless this season. Yeah, absolutely faultless. So yeah. 
like you say, Luke, long may it continue. Long may it continue. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it was it was interesting that, and this is where I think, like we mentioned, where Stadge probably outcoached Rudin was, um, obviously, Yanotta started the game, probably didn't have as good of a game as he did um, on last... I keep getting... Like, on Wednesday. What, what day is it? Last <laughs> Wednesday, yeah. So probably didn't have as good of a game. And when they spoke to Stadge, uh, when he made the sub at halftime for Casella, Stadge said he just noticed there was a little bit of a lack of energy there um so he made that change and it worked perfectly oh didn't it what yeah perfectly absolutely yep um and like like we were harping on about in last week's podcast we've got that sort of depth in those positions now and mm. and not just depth but different dynamics from different players so yeah. and that's what Casella bought he bought that directness that positive attacking play um Jeez, I'm just oh, I'm buzzing. <laughs> I, I have a question. Why does Brisha always score against us? Uh, it's a thing. It, it, is, it is a thing. God, it shits me. Oh, mate, I can't stand him. Probably can stand him a little bit more than, uh, what's his name, Victor Sanchez. Oh. Yeah, well, after that performance, what? that was one of the softest Jello oh. performances around. Seriously. Wasn't it? What? An 300 games player. in the league apparently teaches you how to dive and roll around <laughs> on the ground like a two-year-old. Wow. Juaro Channel was another one um, who was throwing himself to the ground a fair mm. bit as well. I think, was it Ruan that absolutely sacked him as well? Yeah, twice. Yeah, yeah. put, it, put <laughs> him somewhere in the into the Western in the second half. Yeah. Yeah. I would yeah. say Ali Reza Fagani, he did a good job though. He didn't fall into the trap of every dive being a free kick and yeah. there are some other referees that could have easily fallen into that trap. So um, we were lucky that we had a great ref well, that night. Exactly right. And this is a point I did see someone make uh, on the CCM fans forum, in fact, is that it allowed us to play that really physical style of play um, that seems to have been sort of drummed into us a little bit so far this season. We're not holding back in tackles. We are happy to, to go head-to-head with, with anyone that comes our way. Probably tackle yep. number one that comes to mind is Ruan on Barusha. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which he wasn't, he wasn't pleased with is probably an understatement. Yeah. Uh, he was carrying on for a fair while afterwards. He was carrying on, and I don't think there was much of an apology from Ruan either, <laughs> which, to be honest, I like. Because, it, it, I mean, it was probably a free kick. He did get the ball, but he did get quite a bit of Barisha, but it wasn't wasn't I don't think it was overly forceful. Yeah, I think the yellow might have been a bit harsh. You can see why he's why he's given it there because yeah. he's gone, you know, legs on either side of Barisha in that sort of scissoring motion and Apparently Barisha's Barisha. issue was he thought he tried to injure him on purpose and that's not Ruan. I think no, if Ruan was trying, and as you say, it's not him, but I think if he was trying to injure you on purpose, you'd probably know. He would be off on a stretcher if Ruan <laughs> wanted to do something. He wouldn't have failed. <laughs> after, they, after they scrape him off the ground with a spatula, yeah, of course. Correct. And then obviously he that was that was one of those Barisha moments where it was, he was he's either going to lose his head or he's about to score three goals against us. And mm. he obviously just scored. And then that free kick led to him skying one over the crossbar, and it was like, oh god! It's, well, he got the better of Tongik yeah. in one instance with the goal, where yeah. he sort of did that little drop of the shoulder and got around him. But that was I a, think Tongik, yeah. other than that, was pretty solid again. That was a classic Borussia goal, mm. and I mean, I think probably if Ruan had his time again, um, probably wish he would probably done better, um, as well as Jack Clisby, Clisby as well. our yeah. wide, who was you and I is. What's his name? Imai. Imai. Yeah. Imai. Yeah. yeah. I, I thought he rinsed Jack Clisby for most of that game. Speed and power. Um, Clisby was was having a hard time and he got beaten one on one for that goal simple. I think he, he probably even had a metre and a half on him before that run started and Imai caught him, out muscled him, um, and put in a good ball and that was all she wrote. And I, I thought Clisby struggled most of the night against him, but to his credit did some other pretty good things on that 
Nyklisby, including the corner for the Kuwaga, wasn't it? Yeah, that's yeah. one thing that we should mention. So is there was there was a few good set pieces yep. uh, on set Sunday piece. night, which full credit to Glisby. Is yeah. that becoming like a? Sorry to cut you off, but you go. I was just going to say, is this something? This is something that we've lamented so many times over the last couple of seasons, yeah. in particular, even in the early stages of this season. Um, but it seems like something is working there now. Yeah, I, and if you watch us from corners, there's there's it's. I mean, obviously all teams practice their bloody corners, but it's. I like the sort of a set play where we're using the big boys to block off some of the defenders, and it leaves sort of a Lou free, who's obviously got a good bloody header on him. And if if you watch the replay, you can see. Tongyuk and Stens blocking the defenders, and I think Fuitsa was meant to be on a low. I think a thousand percent. He, he just gets blocked by one of them, and then all of a sudden he's all on his own. Yeah. Perfect, perfect. Mm. That's like we were never doing that in the past. Never. Set piece goals are sort of becoming like our, you know, a very good thing for us for sure. Like we we've got the height, we've got the power and the strength in set piece opportunities, and we've proven that with two yeah. goals in the last game and. I think that's going to become a strength for us and maybe throughout the season it's going to be something that we hope continues. Once we nail the delivery more often than not, it's going to be... Looks like we're getting close be though because we've get, had some great delivery from Danny, we've had some great delivery from Clisby and mm. they're low and they're hard and they're swinging and that's mm. you know that's always going to spell trouble for defenders. Mm. So, yeah, more please. How good is Matty Simon playing at the moment? Oh. <laughs> Some of, some of his first touches have been Always amazing. rated him. Always rated him. I'm not going to say I told you so, but I bloody told you so. <laughs> no, look, like, full full credit to him. He's 35. He just yep. turned, didn't he? Yep. He's looking as sprightly as ever. Um, obviously, the defending from the front, which is what obviously got us the first goal, but just his general play. It's the first time I've probably been more than impressed with it for a long time. Some of his hold-up play, some of his little flicks and touches, mm. some of just the smart footballing stuff he's been doing. I think he's sort of, at this age, starting to show... Um, I don't I don't know if, I don't know if, it's a, if it's really another side, but maybe the... Probably, probably the form he was in when he left us the first time. Yeah, like, yeah. He's a completely different player to, to what he was when he left us the first time. But yeah. also his work rate, though. Two immense insane. shifts yeah. um, Wednesday and then a short turnaround to Sunday. Yeah. Uh, Jesus. Yeah, he's, he's carrying himself quite well. And we know him for putting the herd on. But but yeah. that and and we saw that we saw that against Western Sydney and if I'm honest we enjoyed that. But oh, yeah. I sorry I enjoyed it when he nailed Sanchez after Sanchez went in two-footed on Bazanic. Yes. And then Simone blew up at him, and then the next play, Sanchez has the ball, and Simone just, <laughs> just comes in, just a square cleans up. him up, and then Sanchez does about 47 rolls on the ground. And it wasn't even a free kick because Simone got the ball, but he, he was, I'm going to get the ball, and I'm definitely going to get all the man as oh, well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's, but he, but he, he just has showed that he's got more than that, that, that that's a part yeah. of his game, that putting the hurt on, but um, he's also just showed that um, it's, it's also about football and he's still got some great football left in him. Mm-hmm. That's what I was just about to say. Do you think he's trying to go out on a high? Do you think this is going to be his last season? Well, I thought that before I, the season and at the start of the season, I guess. But uh, the longer that it's gone on and the more he shows that he can play 90 minutes and, and control that aggression and actually, you know, really be an inspiration to the rest of the squad like that on the pitch, mm. then I can see him continuing. And there's clearly something going on here as well, which we've spoken about a lot. And even when we've spoken to a couple of the boys about the fitness, Luca, I can't, I'm not sure if he's last Luca Tanetti, I think. He's doing such a good job at the moment with the boys and their fitness. And he's clearly managing the players, obviously, individually, as you do. Mm. But he's clearly doing something well with Matty Simon because he's 
starting games and looking super sprightly. So if he stays injury free, and he's he's not someone that's had too many injuries as well, so it's not like there's too many sort of niggling issues there. Mm. If he stays injury free and he keeps up this sort of a form, there's there's no reason for me now, which I never would have said this mm. probably eighteen months ago. There's no reason why he can't play for at least one more season. Another 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 year. Yeah, I think based on current form, absolutely, hundred yeah. percent agree. Um, extend his reign at uh, atop the Mariners' all-time leading goal scoring charts. There, <laughs> correct. Maybe not if Alo Quell has anything to say about it. Of course, he now has uh, five goals in seven appearances. I think he's averaging a goal every sixty-one minutes. Um, of course, is atop the A-League Golden Boot charts as well. How good can this kid be? Very good. How many times have we said over the last, what, four years that how good would it be to have a 10-goal season striker? And now <laughs> he's halfway there in seven games. So did I see Alou becoming sort of, you know, that, that number one, I guess, striker for goals for us? Probably not. But he's proven a lot of people wrong, including me. Yeah. And it's, it's great to see. And he's level with Wenzel Halls. So, again, it's young Australian talent coming to the forefront in the A-League, which is always a good thing. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. I think we most of us in here watched him for youth almost every second week, watched him in watched him in the NPL. Score, score goals for, for good fun. Probably, you know, dominated the games. He, he, he'd obviously come from NPL 2 in Victoria playing against men, so he knew what he was up against. And I thought he'll be good. He'll come into the side, make a difference, probably make the odd sub-appearance here and there, <laughs> score the odd goal, <laughs> not be joint top goal scorer uh, after seven <laughs> games and having the impact that he has. Um, and it, it's not just the goals as well. It's it's all of his general play. Yep. You can see it's getting smarter and smarter, like the assist for the for the De Silva goal. Um, I think one of the first things he did on the weekend was right in right sort of in our attacking corner. I think the Wits had the ball and they, he was just about to play it up a line, but but he just obviously puts the pressure on, gives away the throw right in their corner, puts the pressure on. It's, it's the I'm here. That got the so, crowd right into yeah, it. Yeah, well. it's the sort of I'm here challenge, and it's it's like that's that's perfect. That's, Proper defending from the front. Yeah, it's yeah. like it's like we took off. Did he did he come on from Matty Simon? Uh, yeah, yep. Simo and Urania went off at yeah. the same time. So Bowman yeah, so and one of the other. Yeah. yeah, so it's like you take off one of them, and then you get the exact same thing come on, but even more youthful, probably a little bit quicker mm. like and there's just no rest for a tiring defender when you're playing against us at the moment <laughs> that's a really interesting thing actually that's the second game in a row that we've made a double sub and it's fair to say that there were plenty of people who were critical of that first double sub and wondered whether that was the best thing to do that didn't really work out well for those people but and it hasn't worked out well again for them but now people are jumping on the bandwagon of what a great move this is i think including mm. for rudin and uh so yeah what do you guys think about that I, i'm i'm sold now i I'm not gonna. I'm gonna be perfectly honest. I was sitting in the box um, when Urania and Simo's numbers went up, and I was thinking, "Why are we doing this again? Why are we taking them both off at the same time?" Mm. Um, happy to eat my words though, um, because geez, didn't Bauman and uh, Quell completely turn the game around? Yeah, 100%. And I, I think it's it's a it's probably a good point to make to the wider point of the league adopting the five subs. Subs. Mm. That's making the game so much better for me because I mean. Normally, you've got three subs on the bench. Um, you've maybe got a defender, maybe have a midfielder, mm. and maybe have a striker. On, or, you know, you sort of maybe sort of try and cover your three main positions on the field or whatever. 
But now you can have that extra one or two attacking players. You can have three attacking players and two defenders on there. It makes the game so much more enjoyable. We haven't mentioned games. it yet when we should have, but Nizi came on and he was exactly what we yeah. wanted. He sort of started hassling in the midfield. I think within like a couple of minutes of coming on, he just came up from behind and on Diamani, nicked the ball straight off. Oh, him. when he stole How the ball. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Oh, so nice to moments. see. So nice to see Nizi playing in the middle of the park again as well, because you know for for those maybe uninitiated um, who haven't seen much of Nizi coming through over the years, he's more of a natural sort of eight. Yeah. Yep. Um, but he's been playing obviously out wide for us so far this season to good effect um, yep. mind you but geez, I love him in the middle of the park love him and I mean mm-hmm. Bowman showed what he can do out wide as well obviously with the cross like that was perfect yeah yeah perfect. well I mean he, he sort of came on up, uh, up top sort of as a second striker too yeah yeah but he sort of has that natural tendency to drift wide yeah as well so yeah um, but what a ball oh my days Cre- credit to Stefan as well who won the ball off Payne and gave it straight to Bowman who yep. had the space and time to put in the most perfect cross and Aluda put in the most perfect uh, diving header that was such a good goal is it do you reckon that that third goal is the best goal we've scored for a while Oh, I mean, you've got De Silva's one the other night too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just think of like a pure assist and a pure goal is was just so good. Yeah, I think just the look of the goal looks good. It's like the oh, bending yeah. cross. That's what, that's what I was trying around to the too, last yeah. line of the defence, around the tallest player in the league, mm. diving header into the bottom corner. Like you can't ask for much more. I think that. this is a point that Josh made as well. The the alternate angle footage that the club posted uh, on Facebook and Twitter the other day. Um, shows this look of absolute despair on Tommy Oscock's yeah. face as the yep. ball hits the back of the net. Yep. And I follow that firmly under things I love to see. Correct. <laughs> Former Mariner. It, it was just Oscar. that, yeah, that look of absolute helplessness of like, oh, well, it's happened and I can't do anything about it. That was, then another, that's another point of like that, you can't do anything about that. It was just a perfect, perfectly set up and perfectly finished goal. Yep. Loved, love, 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 love to see it. And, Something that's sort of weird from that game too. That's that's the first game this season we've had most of the possession, just as a weird little fifty-four to forty-six. Yeah. So all the other games, like the Sydney game, it was like seventy thirty or something like that. Mm. It was some crazy start. It's the first time we've actually dominated the possession. So we had four seventy-one so, passes to three ninety-eight, and we had eighty-four percent accuracy. Yeah. Even with their press, we managed to keep the ball for the majority of the game, which they I think were, is impressive. They were probably lucky to get that statistic because late in the game, Diamante forced back in between the two central defenders to try and get on the ball. Mm. Um, there is there's another thing that you love to see: <laughs> Diamante forced all the way back there to be able to get on the ball, and so some of that possession statistic would have been him you know working the ball through uh, nobody in his yeah. own half well, that's something that Stadge has said that he wants to work on is, is controlling the game better um, even after our victories against Sydney and MacArthur where we didn't have as much of the ball um, he obviously wants to increase that possession mm. stat and it looks like uh, that's his it's sort of that's been it's sort of been slowly increasing yeah. like week by week by week yep and you can clearly see that that it's working and I think even like again late on in the game we just closed it out so well like it, it it didn't i didn't feel obviously i was nervous but that it wasn't like we were sort of parked right on our, our sort of 18 yard box we were all sitting deep like we were still we trying to that. score and that's like such a you good said time. before that a loo chance when he chipped the ball over by diamond <laughs> <laughs> and then heads it over whoever the defender was after I think Bowman. Was yeah i think that i thought that was 100 percent going to be a goal and for me that sums up our mentality at the moment which is like insane because it's like if they go up the other end and score you're like what is he doing but they don't 
and we still managed to win. And it's like, who cares? He's, he's young, he's a kid, he's like, just, I want to score more goals and keep on attacking. And I like that. I, yeah, yep, I love 100%. it. 100%. We can say who cares, but after that um, touch over the top of Diamante, followed by the header, then is the next thing that happens, Bauman picks up the ball and it, and is absolutely creamed by Curdo, and yep. it's a pen. Bauman puts the ball beside Curdo, yeah. is going to get the ball next, and Curdo takes him out. How is that not a pen? How is it not a pen? I was screaming at Bauman because I was like, what are you yeah. doing? Just hit it. Yeah. <laughs> but the ball just wouldn't sit for him when I watched no. the replay, and you just couldn't do much more. And then... Casella was on the follow-up, I think, and that 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 was a good save by Curto. But I'm with you. Yeah, the fact that didn't even get been. looked at by VAR is yeah, questionable we wear, at best. We wear yellow and blue, all right? VAR doesn't work. <laughs> I was so ready for that to go in. I, I yeah, like Luke just said, I thought that was a goal. That was going to be a goal, and we were going to win. Oh, I was two. up. Yeah, I was already. Yeah, I was already halfway up. But yeah, <laughs> uh, we still won three two. What a night! How good was full time as well, by the way? Yeah. Yep. <gasps> The, the fans, like, the crowd was just so into it. The and noise. how long has it been since we've heard it that loud and the yeah. crowd being so into a game? Well, the yeah. noise for 5,000 people was mm-hmm. awesome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, awesome. it sounded like 10,000 there. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, I could I could hear Bay 16 from the media box, even with the door shut. Bay 16 mm. getting um, up as well. Yep, yeah. so good being to hear. Being allowed to stand was yeah, good. Yeah, so good to hear the Yellow Army chant going around and come on you yellow and all, all those sorts of things. So... Mm. Um, you know, we've we've still got a month till our next home game, which is, I guess, in some ways, a, a bit of a shame because you know it would be nice to keep this momentum going and stuff. But by the same token, away to Wellington on uh, on Sunday, if we can get big numbers there, away mm. days are always really looking forward to that. So good in terms of atmosphere. You yeah. want to be there. <laughs> you wouldn't sure. want to be anywhere the, else. The away bay at Wynn Stadium is going to be under a roof. Yeah. So we're going to make even more noise. I reckon. Get down there if you can. It's going to be really us. good. There is some, really fun. There are some good vibes around at the moment, on and off the pitch. And like I said before, to go sort of full circle, just enjoy it while it's here. Of course, there are buses going down to Wollongong on Sunday. Of course, it's Valentine's Day as we keep harping on about a very romantic uh, weekend or, or Sunday afternoon that you could potentially spend with your dearly beloved Mariners fans uh, down as we take on the Fire Chickens on Sunday afternoon. Head to ccmariners.com.au for all the details on that one or give the club a call. Um, we'll, we'll be speaking to Sean a little bit later in the uh, in the show about that one as well. But get down there um, and keep riding this wave. I just I can't wait for this one boys really Ken has to get Mate, revenge yeah. uh, for yep. what sort of and I, I don't like to be too salty for too long but like you said before Moss uh, I do feel like we were robbed against Wellington <laughs> the other week and you look at the table for the first time in a long time they're completely at the other end and we're at the top so the table says we should win but again this is one of those weird games where Wellington are Sometimes our bogey side. I, yeah, I was way. just about to say they're a bit of a bogey side, and I thought that they played pretty decent last night and didn't get any reward and lost mm. the game. So I yeah. think I think it's going to be a real test for us because they're going to be right up for it. They're back in back at home, uh, I guess <laughs> you could say they're they're in they're in Wollongong. So, uh, but I I I don't know. Is this? A, I feel confident about this team. Well, well, I feel confident we can do it. Just somebody mark. Bloody develop. Yeah, Please. someone, someone, just, somebody sit on him for put, ninety minutes. Possibly harder than we put, think it well, is. Put Boz on yeah. Devere for ninety minutes, please. Yeah, just have Stens and Boz like stand at the side of him for ninety minutes and. 
I mean, we should be okay, surely. For the fans, there's an opportunity here to really, you know, help the boys. I, I sense in these last two games there's really been a rising crescendo of the impact that the fans have had on the game and the impact that the fans have had on the finish for our players. Mm. And uh, so get down there and show those boys, you know, what it means to us all. And I think that we can really ride them over the line again, to be honest. I actually feel a lot more confident about this one than I did against the last clash against Wellington. I think I said in the lead up to that one that that was going to be a massive sort of banana skin for us. And it proved to eventually be the case. Robbed. Um, we shouldn't have lost that game, though. No, I agree we were robbed. Uh, <laughs> we, were I robbed. Mean, we were robbed by someone. That but we, I, I Even outside of the robbery, like we dominated the second half. Yeah, like, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. But I do feel a lot more quietly confident about this weekend. Maybe it's just because I love away days so much. Maybe I'm just over-romanticising it because it's Valentine's Day and it's, you know, Wellington away... In Australia, What's, what what is more romantic than an away day with all the boys? A winning away day with all the boys. All I want for yes. Valentine's Day is three points. Or take your girls. And beers. Take and your girls. And then it will be a true Valentine's Day. You'll love it. They'll love it. Yeah. Well, I don't have that option, Aaron. All right. Well, you've still got you've still got Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So. Jump on Tinder. Get a match in Wollongong. Which way do you swipe? Left or right? I don't know. Which way? Whatever. Every day. And Sean's here. Hey, how we doing, gents? Going all right? Absolutely still buzzing, mate. How good is it? Yes. How good is it? It's a happy chat for the first time in <laughs> In a how long? long? <laughs> <laughs> so good. How's um how's how's the mood in the uh, in the office these days, mate? Yeah, look, you know, there was a there was a really nice moment yesterday where we just stopped the Super Bowl on the TV and just decided to play the replay of the game. <laughs> and we all just watched it and thought, you know what, we're going to save that moment. So, so yeah, yeah, you know what, that was good. But there's also yeah, a lot of yeah, really hardworking people who have decided that, geez, you know, we've got to really work even doubly hard now because it's, it's, it's what we've always wanted and, and let's not miss the moment. Must be nice, I guess, to see some of the building blocks start to be put in place on the pitch after everything that's gone on off the pitch this is what we've spoke about time and time again is now it's when we're maybe good on the pitch maybe we weren't so good off the pitch and then it went sort of the other way now it's about getting them to sort of work at the same sort of speed i guess yeah 100 percent. i i had a i had a very funny interaction with a member who bailed me up and said oh about effing time charles worse <laughs> put money into this club you know should have done and i said mate what are you talking about he hasn't put in a cent more. He just <laughs> We're still poor. Let's get that right. You know, like, 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 in all fairness, that's, that's you know, some things, whilst they haven't changed, this is, you know, the years and years of little 1% scrining through that's, you know, learning from mistakes and, and getting there. And, um, you know, and it's a real credit to Alan and the players and, and, um, and, and what they're doing for this club right now. So, so everybody's bought in and everybody believes. And, and when I look back at when Alan first came and he said, you know, the most important thing for this club is that everybody moves in the one direction. The, the, the players, the coaching staff, the admin staff, the sponsors, the, the community and the fans, once we all move in the, in the right direction, then we've got a chance. And that's exactly what we're seeing now. We're seeing corporate events that are, that are bigger, that are, you know, supporting football initiatives um, that's there. And uh, so, so it's, a, it's a good moment, but one that we can't, you know, we can't let slip. It's, it's uh, just got to work super hard to make sure it um, can be the best it can be. 
Do you think this next month is going to make it a little harder for us to do? Is it just a good opportunity for us to really fixate on what it is that we're going to do for the next home game? Because there's a real snowball effect happening with the atmosphere in the stadium. I've had phone calls from people who normally won't come to games saying, oh, how the Mariners going? It might get to the next game and it's it's a month out. So how do we sort of, you know, make sure that we're, we're, we're ready for that next home game? Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's such a bizarre, fascinating season, both for the football and, and for... Yeah, for, for everybody who, who comes to a game because um, it's so stop-start and it's, you know, we've got three games in a week and then no games in a month. You know, it just feels so unique, but it's, it's kind of adding to it because it's like all these mini campaigns that we've got. We've now got, you know, this, this away campaign of, you know, of, of, of games away to, um, uh, to relish on and then we'll come back for another home series almost. You know, and uh, so it's, it's unique, it's different, it's frustrating, um, but that's the, that's, that's the new norm at the moment. Um, is um, is is everywhere and in, in society is changing so quickly and you know the word pivot from a business sense is is now really important and um, and that's that's what we're doing that's what we're we're living it and uh, and yeah so um, so yeah it is really important this night this next little period uh, for us with with uh, with the away trips and and everything going on that we we keep rallying and keep growing. Um, probably a good segue, like you said before, speaking about Mike, has, what's, is there any update on the ownership situation? Is he potentially maybe having some second thoughts with now that we're going okay on the pitch? Uh, is there any news there? No, no, look, I don't think there's any, any change or any second thoughts from Mike. Um, uh, he might tell me different after listening to this, but, uh, but I don't think so. Uh, it's still, you know, it's still very much, you know, um, you know, focus on, on what's best, um, you know, for the club long term to, to move forward. You know, the, the the reality for for everybody in this, whether it's a potential investor or or, or Mike as a potential seller, is the the broadcast deal is is weighing heavy on what this looks like, and there is a real big opportunity. We're hearing about Stan, we're hearing about you know what Ko were doing with netball and doing some free to stream um, live netball stuff. So the so the broadcast sports war is 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 very rife right now, and if the league can capitalise on that, then that'll make a big difference as to uh, as to the the, the long term structure and, and who comes uh, into the club long term. So I guess I guess maybe a few of us thought we might hear something before the season starts or maybe around now. Is it probably fair to say we won't? Maybe there might not be too much movement on that till after the season. Yeah, yeah. Look, you know, the the intent was definitely there, um, but the uh, uh, but the deal wasn't there, or the the, the, the owner wasn't. You know, the, the new owner didn't didn't land. So um, and so many of those who had expressed interest at the early stage are still. You know, sniffing around, still, still in conversation. That's there, but it's definitely now. You know, looking at a at where things land July one, where the where things end up with council uh, between now and then becomes really important. The broadcast rights become really important, but it is a it is a July one uh, reassessment. Um, yeah, you know, for for all that, and um, um, yeah, I suppose that's that's yeah where it's kind of sitting. So you just mentioned council there as well, and I think one question that is pretty hot on everyone's lips is you know the stadium management rights and is there any sort of anything happening in that space at the moment yeah look there's um we've we've met with the administrator um and uh, and the and the ceo and uh, and chief operating officer who are the new guys that are put in they actually came they actually came to the Wanderers match, uh, which was great. So they got, and that was the first time at the stadium for them to see uh, everything that was in place. Uh, we are, yeah, we do need to renew our, regardless of management rights, we need to renew our, our, our venue hire agreement. Um, so, so there's plenty of um, interesting conversations to, to come forth. But, um, but I think we're very confident that 
the current state of the council and their financial situation means that they would be very, very um, naive not to look at you know potentially putting the the, uh, uh, the stadium up for management rights up for tender in the very near future. They've released a strategy uh, document that actually talks to that. It um, so there's there is a big paper that's coming out from council saying that um, uh, the, the tender of the management rights and the tender of the naming rights is is on the agenda. Probably the next uh, question on lots of lips is um, how do we nail down uh, all of the talent that we seem to have identified and brought into this team and that's been asking lots of different questions. I think we want to sort of lock in everybody uh, through every part of the business, every part of the football squad, every part of the football coaching squad. Have we got the window cleaner um, <laughs> signed for a, a long-term contract? Um, everybody wants to know these things and maybe a bit early but uh, might as well ask. What yeah, yeah, look, you know, it's definitely... It's definitely time to to turn focus to the to the long term future and um, and I think it's part of the the overall process in in development of players at the club becomes the big part. So so you know we we've worked hard in the academy. That's been obvious. You know Monty's done a great job and there is talent coming through and there's a very clear pathway that comes through and the journey for a lot of those guys you know um, you know, needs to be sort of really understood by the club as to. You know, how we can guide them on their on their right path because because you know what we do want the next you know, you know Musi Amini to come along who who can go off you know really quickly and, and go and light the world up we don't want to hold any player back you know from from going on to bigger and greater things but we also don't want players going off too early and then you know ending up in in, in lower leagues and then come crawling back and having to to start again and so that's that's a that's a really important process and every player has got a different uh, different part and there's a lot of noise that comes in with agents and, and all those things but I think the conversation and the rhetoric around you know, Australian players going too early is is getting clearer um, as to making sure that, that there is a, a lot of development that needs to happen here before they go um, but in saying that you know you need the right structure so when, when there's a time to be an Aaron Moy and, and get going make sure that's not missed um, yeah, and, uh, and and move on. And in that, is there a sense that the even at this early stage that players are buying into that theory? Um, those that some of our players are so young. So uh, obviously, there's a lot here at the moment that we can deliver for them, and maybe already have delivered for them to some extent to get them on the pitch and and firing. Um, so is there a bit of a sense that they're keen to be a part of that in the, for the future, or yeah. at least the foreseeable future? You know, and I think that this is why Simo's 200th game was was somewhat so big for the club because. It, it, it completed a, a whole cycle of, of gen, a generational cycle. You know, we, we had, you know, we had um, you know, you know, speeches in the in the corporate area from from Arnie and Clarkey and Gumps and you know, and and, and you know, Quaza, You know, all talking about you know when Simo was this young local kid who just just to kick him and hurt him and and they had to talk to him about it. And he was this <laughs> raw talent. He had a touch like an elephant. You know, like yeah, you know, and and. And you literally go, wow, you know, and now, and you get to the end of his game, end of the game, and he's the only senior boy around, really, sort of surrounded by kids. And you know, Beers was was you know sort of a long way back in goals, and, and uh, all with young ones around, and in particular, you know, young Allo is is right there, you know, and he's mentoring and taking him through that whole cycle. So, so to say that there's there's uh, there's buy-in from all that, yeah, because there's there's a lot of players with experience, and this is why we, it's important for our club to have a, an old boys culture. Because uh, they they live it, they you know they know it better than anyone you know outside you know can can really describe. Has there been any discussion with his role beyond this season? Because you know he's sort of in the dual role this season. 
is there anything else maybe in line for him in the future, or is it probably still too early? Uh, look, it's still too early because things are too good. That's you know, that's <laughs> he might keep playing. The he way might he's keep playing, playing at the moment. I tell you what, Graham Arnold put me in a headlock and said, "Simo's got another year in him." You know, like he <laughs> was, he was adamant, right? So you know, and uh, so so now's just not the right time. You know, not that he's not doing; he's still absolutely mentoring and and, and being a senior leader, and, and and that's been fantastic. And and uh, and that'll continue. But yeah, right now let's let's go down to Wellington and uh, or Wollongong, go and get the points. Speaking of young players, is is there any risk extending their contracts? I guess if the ownership situation gets extended to the first of July, is there does that sort of make it harder to extend young players beyond that, like for next season, if the if sort of the ownership situation is still up in the air a bit, or is there oh, not really money I mean, in the bank, so to speak, to you know keep re- those younger players? Regardless, we're still going to be a football club. We're still going to be playing. We're still going to have a team next year. So there's, yep. so there's no reason to, to put a total handbrake on, on things because of what ifs. Um, and, and Mike's never never really been like that. Uh, yeah, it, it pays into some context of it, you know, but uh, but no, I don't, I don't think that's going to, going to weigh in at all, um, uh, to be fair. Good news. Hmm. Great news. Moving away from the football side of things, um, any sort of updates that you can share with what's happening up here at the COE? Um, yeah, well, I suppose there's um, there's there's a lot of work from Greg Smith, uh, who's officially been appointed as the general manager of developments um, now, which is just a small nice one for for, for Greg, and um, and so he's working very hard with with council on the on the development on the uh, on the hotel and getting the intersection through, uh, and that is a long, slow. You know, it's a sort of boring industry for me really but you know that's Greg's doing a great job working well with council with that and and um, and and yeah we'll keep going so so from a Tugra COE perspective um, it's still moving and still it's it's gearing up again it's starting starting to get going which is great nice wow positives is yeah. Stadge signed till the end of this season end of next and the next, okay. Well, we like that. There goes that question for the forum then. That's right. We've got one more season. That's all good. Give him five years now, I reckon. <laughs> him and Allo. Build the statue. Build the statue. It's, it's done. The, the statue? Oh, <laughs> already. Started early this week. On flying form. How hard did you celebrate the other night? Um, well, I've got myself in this horrible routine now of uh, of getting home and at midnight and then watching the replay, you know, and having a few wines and then start to tweet stuff on it. So, you know, I, uh, I know it's um, yeah. So, so I suppose uh, my celebrations are probably just a bit more reflective. Yeah, than anything else. I was yeah. watching your uh, your live tweet of the replay on um, on I think it was Sunday night. Yeah, yeah. It was no end of entertainment. It was actually fantastic. I was yeah. reliving it through you. It was great. Yeah, yeah. while watching it myself as well. Glass of whiskey in hand. Oh, it's great times. What a time to be alive. It's nice to be able to watch a replay and uh, enjoy it, and not have to sit, sit back through the pain again. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the best part is when you watch a replay. Oh, I don't remember this bit. Mm. You know, and you, yeah, so exactly good. things like that little wave off. Love those. Oh, <laughs> and you know the best bit is seeing him. I don't know if you watch the uh, you know, Mariners uh, TV, but he walks behind and he does the wave. It was like he, he it was a it he was preempted a, it. Yeah, it was about, it was yeah, <laughs> about so, fifteen minutes in as he arrived yeah. at the stadium, he walks straight behind us, and yeah, he's waving. He's just getting his little practice wave in. I think, yeah, just it's warming the, up. It's the total entertainment package. Even <laughs> even the ball boy catching that ball was one of you know one of the big cheers of oh, the night. How the crowd good. went absolutely <laughs> mental for that. Exactly. Is he as funny off camera? As he is on, he's worse. He's, <laughs> the guy's nuts. Like, and, and, you know, I don't think many uh, um, many people saw it, but on the on the Sydney win, uh, as the, as the team goes over to the fence to the crowd, oh. I was uh, I was I was with with Ello as he was getting interviewed, 
And, uh, and as soon as the interview finished, I sort of gave him a tap, said, come on, we've got to go, we've got to go. And he jumps on my back, like right up on my shoulders, <laughs> starts riding me like a horse and saying, come on, Joel, let's go. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, it's like, yes, oh, you, know, uh, you know, I, I don't, yeah, oh, he, he's, he's one hell of a character, that's, that's for sure. More cameras uh, at the game than Fox would have caught that. <laughs> yes, yes. Is his, is his brother sort of cut from the same mould in that, in that respect as well? Um, look, I've, uh, to be fair, I've only met him a couple of times, um, you know, really, really briefly, so. That's um, probably to be seen. Um, God, I hope yeah. so. <laughs> we need Kual Cam. Kual Cam, yeah. 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 Have a word to Fox and just get 90 minutes of Kual. All Kual, all action, all the time. Yeah. So, no, that's great. That's great. So, so I do want to give a massive plug um, around the uh, around the next away game uh, that's there, and also just sort of uh, call out that this is this is a really important time, yeah, for uh, for us as a club to really get the fans together. We're playing a team that beat us. I want to get down there with a lot of support and have our boys go, oh, shit, we've got some support here, and actually you know, be part of the ambush um, yeah, that, that gets down there. And, and we, can, we can really rally and make a good moment if, um, if we can get down there in, in, uh, in really good numbers and very loud voice. Um, so I'll be travelling on on the uh, on the party bus. Um, so so yeah, definitely. There's the normal buses as, as we've been doing, and the coaches that's there. But 100% rad and rock and rowdy yeah party bus um, yeah will be in play. So um, so um, so we'll make some more announcements of it tomorrow. But yeah, I'll be on there. Big Dan will be on there. Ian will be on there. Uh, that's there. But in particular, we really want to get as many as we can. We have our academy playing down in Wollongong. They start games in the under-13s from 9.30, I think, onwards, and we'll get some information there. So some people may want to go down, check out some academy games, and then come along. Uh, we're encouraging all the academy kids and the academy parents you know, to come along to the game as well as they're playing down in Wollongong and then, and then come to the game. We're going to have a pre-match function at Steelers at two o'clock or two between two and three. So we'll have a have a pre-match function that's there. Um, we're going to throw what we can yeah into that, and um, and I suppose that becomes a really yeah, important moment for us because if we can go down there and and actually contribute as a as a fan group and as a fan base to a to a result, it'll echo, and we'll then have just as many people having such a memorable experience at at, at Bank West when we get that. There'll be some, you know, a couple fortunate people who go down Adelaide uh, that's there. But then when we come back, uh, at the moment, the schedule is a, is a March 8 game um, before us. Whilst it is a Monday night, which is you know, difficult, the fact that we've been away for a while, I think we'll get still get a really good crowd uh, coming back and really want to get that. When we get everybody back, you know, we, we saw the crowd was louder. We saw, you know, you know, well done to everyone in Bay 16. It was great to hear you know, Yellow Army chants going again. And, um, and and I just want to keep fueling that and fostering that because because it has been a long time. It's been a really tough road for for all you guys who are stuck with us and and uh, and just want to say thanks and yeah, let's keep going. And, and now's the time to, to to let that grow and and you know get new people who haven't been part of it who are just going to come along for the first time and and uh, and get rusted on fans. This is this is a big part of club culture now to to, to really take it to the next height. So um, so tickets are sixty five bucks for adults. Uh, including your ticket to the game, I think kids are 50 bucks, or get tickets without um, uh, without the ticket that's there. Uh, I think we're going to send out a code to get some discounted tickets. But currently we've got 30 people on the bus. Uh, I want to get to to hopefully three buses and at least about 200 people uh, down there. I think we can do it. I think we can get get a good crowd down there. It's an away trip down to Wollongong that we haven't had for a long time uh, for it. So and um, so there's plenty of reasons to uh, 
to chew up your Sunday uh, for it. So I'll um, I'll keep uh, thanking you guys for the opportunity to give it a plug and and uh, and look forward to shouting as many beers as I possibly can through. This <laughs> I'm there. <laughs> yes, thanks. All right, you twisted my arm. You talked me into it. <laughs> uh, beautiful. That one, of course, is on Sunday the 14th. A very romantic trip down to uh, Wollongong against the Fire Chickens this weekend. Um, get around it. All the info is at ccmariners.com.au. Of course, once again, Sean, thank you so much. Good stuff. Cheers, gents. Thank you very much. Thanks, Sean. Thanks, I'll Sean. leave you to it. Love you too. <laughs> See us. So joining us on the Coast Football Ramble podcast this afternoon is Mariners defender Stefan Negro. Stefan, how are you going? Good thanks. How are you? Really well, thanks, mate. Really well. A couple of really quick-fire questions to kick things off here. Uh, first things first, your sauce in the fridge or the cupboard? Um, fridge. Oh, no. Fridge. I hope you open it before you put it in the fridge. <laughs> You're going up Wait, as one of my favourite players. And... Once it's open in the fridge. <laughs> no. You don't follow the instructions. <laughs> live, live a little, yeah. Let yourself live a little. We'll see if you can uh, redeem yourself with this one. Uh, who's better, Messi or Matt Simon? Matt Simon. <laughs> That's the correct answer. Yeah, absolutely. Well played. Yeah. Quick and easy. Quick and easy. <laughs> Strangely <laughs> enough, nobody's gone four with Messi. It's about four and zero now for Matty <laughs> yeah. Simon. Yeah, he's he's on fire. Um, so it's it's been an absolutely anyway. fantastic start uh, to the season with uh, five wins out of seven games. And uh, also a fantastic start for yourself as well, getting plenty of minutes and uh, making a real impact. Yes. Um, what do you put this great start down to? I put, well, first of all, the you know the, the team, as, the group as a collective, the club as a collective. Um, if we look at the, you know, from the the coaching staff down as well, like we've got a lot of belief in in our systems, our you know, and our our structures um, as a whole. And then you look at the the boys on the field. We're a tight knit group. We we work hard for each other, you know. Um, for the not the whole game, um, we if someone makes a mistake, someone's there to back them up. It's literally like the the culture within the group's unbelievable, um, and that gives you, every player so much confidence on the field. You know, throughout the whole game, you got your mate next to you who's there, who's there through you know thick and thin. Like we're we're a great group. Of players, obviously, you know, um, a lot of ability throughout the whole team. But at the end of the day, teamwork um, is, you know, it's really, really good. Um, and that's exactly why we're in the position we're in. We're just got to keep going and improving, improving each game. And you know, that's 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 our uh, that's our goal. So you started your career at the Victory and had a pretty successful two-year run there, which included the uh, 2018 Championship win. What was it like playing for the club you supported as yeah. a kid? Oh yeah, it was it was great. I mean, you know, as you said, I was I was in the stands from in, during you know obviously the the first years that the A League started. I was a fan. You know, I grew up watching players like Archie Thompson, and um, you know, I obviously used to watch Kevin, and then he, he was my coach, and I was playing with Archie and these, you know, this stuff like it, it was a little bit you know a surreal uh, a very surreal feeling at the start, and then you know being able to play in front of the home fans. That obviously, I was fan before and um, yeah it was great you know winning the championship as well was you know obviously what everyone strives for um, but you know now I'm fully focused on being the Mariners I mean first you know we've started off really well I'm enjoying my football it's a great bunch of boys and as I said like you know we're only going to keep improving 
But I look at the culture throughout the club, you know, within the from the top all the way down to the players, like everyone's there for each other. And, um, you know, that's a really, really important aspect of a football club. And you can see it in every single game. So I'm, you know, I'm grateful and happy for the things that have happened in my career, but I'm honestly enjoying my football so much right now. Uh, so you started in the grand final sh- and uh, uh, down there, and then uh, shortly afterwards, then um, you're actually released. Um, so that time must have been an interesting time for you. Um, was it something that you saw coming? No, no, it wasn't. Um, but look, the footballs and it, it's an, it's a funny game. You know, stuff happens. There's a, there's ups and downs, um, and you know. I'm not the only player that this would have happened to in any sport. You look around the world in different codes, you know, stuff happens. But the main thing is how you react from it. And, you know, I've found myself now at Central Coast. And as I said, I'm enjoying my football so much now. Like, you know, you learn, you live and you learn. You learn from the past. You, you know, whatever happened, it's happened. I'm just concentrated on now and moving forward and, you know, the goal now, we're sitting on top. Obviously, we just want to keep keep doing that, keep improving, and um, who knows where what can happen. For sure, for sure. Um, mate, you signed um, down in the Victorian NPL last year with uh, with Green Gully, but of course that was um, put on hold due to COVID. Um, you decided to take the chance yep. to uh, come up here to the Mariners and, and uh, just on a, on a trial basis. Um, before that, obviously, you had to yep. quarantine in Darwin. A um, bit of a gamble, but uh, mm-hmm. seems to have paid off. Talk us through how you got the trial here and um, and a bit about your time in quarantine as well in Darwin. Yeah, so um, I had a contact who I was working closely with, like who, who'd spoken to the club before with other regarding other players and mentioned myself and um, I got the, the number of the, the people I needed to speak to, just told them that I was a free player, um, willing to come and trial. And then oh, at that time, the borders were shut to Victoria, given the you know, the second wave outbreak. And, um, and the only way around that was quarantine. So originally it was going to be um, come up after the borders opened, but I didn't want to take any chances. Obviously that it was a big grey area on when that would happen. So I thought, uh, work with my family, you know, a mentor, um, Coach Whisperer, the Coach Whisperer, um, who's worked with, like, who's worked with Graham Arnold and, um, Michael Checker and uh, Trent Robinson from the Roosters as well. He's my mentor. We had, we had a discussion with all of them. It's the only, you know, it was a pretty quick decision, to be honest, because if you look at it, you go, you either wait for the borders or you go. Within three days, I booked the flight and I was ready to go. So, you know, I went up, spent spent two weeks there. I was able to do my exercise every day. That's part of the reason I went, because you didn't have to just sit in a hotel room for two weeks. You're actually allowed to go out and exercise within the facility. Um, we had to wear a mask. It was hot, 40 degrees. Humidity was off the charts. Ugh. But it was almost like a mini sort of... I was able to keep a, a very good level of fitness. Um, and, I, you know, I had my um, a strength and conditioning coach of mine write up program as well and mixed with um, stuff from my mentor as well. So I was training up to two, three hours a day inside the room as well. Like, And then I was able to run outside. So I could... And the way the facility was with there's like a balcony area that you're allowed to sit on and or you know you can do like i had bands and stuff i could do like gym body weight stuff um on the balcony you didn't have to wear a mask on that but as soon as you stepped on the footpath you had to wear a mask so i was able to it was different 
obviously, to anything I've ever done before. But um, I just took it each day as it came, and, and every each day that got closer to the try, I got more and more excited because I knew all the work that I put in that something would happen, and I had a lot of belief myself that, that something would happen. And, and here I am today. You know, I started all seven games, and um, I couldn't be happier. I'm you know, playing for a great club, and we're in a great spot at the moment. So was there any, like, bench-pressing the bed or bicep-curling a chair or was there any of that sort of stuff or was it all sort of... There wasn't any of that. There wasn't any of that. I I had uh, a few resistance bands, which which didn't... uh, I didn't have to go that far, but I wasn't far off. If I didn't have any bands, I would have been struggling. But, um, but yeah, that's... I didn't... No. Long story short, no, I didn't didn't Fair enough. (laughs) So, like you said, you've uh, started every... Uh, every game so far this season uh, and you've basically become our first choice right back um, what's it been like to nail down your spot every week and I'm sure it's a big sort of a confidence boost from Stadge and the staff to uh, sort of have that confidence in you you know as I said I've got um, a lot of respect for the coaches I'm so grateful for the opportunity they gave me to come to the Central Coast uh, and you know I've got a lot of belief in them um, in the, you know in the structure and the way that we play and the belief throughout the playing group is also um, fantastic. So, um, you know, to be playing week in, week out and getting that um, consistency in game time has been great. And uh, each game, you know, I'm continuing to improve each game. I'm looking at where I can improve for next week and so on and so forth. So every game that comes, I know I'm getting better and better. And to get three games in seven days as well, play play all of them, it's been really, really good. And, you know, I, I believe we should have had three wins out of, we should have had three out of three. Um, we're unlucky against Wellington, um, but we took a lot of confidence out of that game. And then you look at the, you know, the two results after that coming back. From mine, just shows the, the the level of belief within the group and the quality, um, both you know from the starting level and the boys coming off the bench. But I forget the, the impact that they're making as well. Um, you know, with the whole five sub, um, the rule change has been great. We've got a, it's good because we've got so much talent, young talent on that bench that can come on and change a game. So like you said, you've played three games in seven days now. How's how's the body feeling? It's This is probably your most consistent run of um, games in a row since you're at probably victory. Um, are you sort of feeling yeah. a bit sore or yeah. you know you know you've done all the work so it's no, uh, all going body's well? Good. No, the body's good. You know, obviously... Was the, hamstring, games, was, yeah, was, was the hamstring thing real the other night or were you just <laughs> trying to waste time? Um, no comment. <laughs> <laughs> good comment. <laughs> So you just um, mentioned it, but uh, we've just come off three home games in a week, and uh, two came from, come from behind wins. Uh, just focusing on those wins, what's the vibe been like in the dressing room, and like, what do you think have been the biggest factors in how we've been able to win games, especially when we've been down at halftime and we've stormed home to win? Yeah, the vibe the vibe in the dressing room from from day one's been been really good. Um, we've got a lot of leaders in the, in that dressing room. You look at Ollie. You look at Simone, you look at Beerus, boys with, you know, um, a lot of A-League experience, international experience, and also playing for the country. You look at that alone, and, you know, a lot of um, boys can, you know, go to them for advice. They give us advice. They're great leaders. So you've got the base there. You've got great coaching staff. And then you've got the raw talent of the young boys. You know, some middle, boys in there, like, you know, 23, 24, like myself, Rowan, um, that have also played at a couple of different A-League clubs. Like, you look around the team, it's mixed, 
it's it's a vibrant group as well. We get along so well. As I said, the culture is great, and you know, at halftime or you know, we've you know we conceded an early goal in both of the games, but you know, when we get to halftime, we know that well, we've got boys can come off the bench and and make a real impact, but also like we're calm. We know we've we've got a lot of belief in our in ourselves, and we know that we've got the quality to turn the game around. And and you've seen both of them, you know. We could have scored even more. So, um, yeah, I mean, when we're when you can see the goal, there's no heads dropping. Everyone's calm. We know, okay, that's happened. We move on, and it's always about how it can affect the next actual moment in the game. And you know, testament to the group, to everyone. Um, it's, it's come from behind in you know two games in a row, but against quality opposition, mind you, you know, Melbourne City and Mel and Western United, some quality players. Um, in that team, both of them. So to come back from, you know, um, losing position in both games just shows the level of belief and and, um, culture, winning culture within the group. Is there a concern or has there been any discussion around conceding sort of a few goals early? Is it it a concern in the back line? Do you you think um, it's just, you know, just maybe sort of one of those things that's happened? Yeah, I think, um, you know, early... You know, the games at the start of the season, we didn't concede any early goals. We had, I think, three clean sheets in a row to start the year, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and, you know, football, things happen in games. You know, look at the game on the weekend. You've got Diamante on, on free kicks. You whipped in a whirly a free kick. And this this stuff can happen. It, it happens to teams all across the world. It's about how you react. And, you know, it's a 90-minute game. There's a lot There's a lot to go on after that. We're talking, you know, 90 with added time, let's just say it's another 90 minutes because it happened in like the fifth minute and play what, like five minutes of stoppage time and two. So there's a lot of you know, a lot of football to be played in that time and we just showed what we can do. Um, yeah, things happen, conceded a couple of goals and, you know, that's where this week we've got the game on Sunday so we'll, you know, review it and go through what we can improve on to make sure that for the next game um, it's all, you know, a learning curve because, you know, we've got three points in the end so we've got to also give ourselves the credit, you know, that we've, you know, come back from a losing position. You know, we're always looking to improve. And um, in that moment, uh, when we concede the goals, you know, we're boys that, you know, within the group, um, identify what could have been done better and, and rectify that for the, the upcoming games. So we'll definitely be looking to continue the kind of form that we've had in the last couple of games this Sunday when we travel down to Wellingong to face Pete's uh, Fire Chickens, who only beat us a couple of weeks ago, and I think you touched on it much more lightly than I'm about to. I think we were absolutely robbed that night. Um, what do you think we specifically might need to improve um, to um, you know, get, back, get one back over them and um, bring those three points home? That game's gone. You know, we'll, we'll look at what we could have done better in that game. Obviously, it was it wasn't too long ago now, and we played again. So we'll look at what we could have done better. There were a lot of positives to take out of the game. We had a lot of chance. We dominated the second half. Dominated the second half. Um, and obviously, we've got you know, our threat off, our threat off um, set pieces. We've got that aspect as well. We've got you know, we play some great football as well. So we're going to look at what we can improve on, but also continue what we've been doing in the last two games. Like if we look at the seven games overall, I think we we probably, I believe we should have won all of them. If you look at the Western Sydney game, we had a hit the crossbar. We had a, we had a chance in the first half as well. So I think um, the boys up front are doing a great job. The whole team's doing a great job. We've, you know, obviously 
getting early goals is something as well that we can strive for. And I think, you know, we'll identify, as I said, we'll identify what we could have done better against Wellington. But we've got to, we'll take a lot of confidence from the last, the last two games um, into, into this week, that's for sure. So have you had to um, sort out a new jersey after Josh Sotirio tried to rip that one off you uh, <laughs> late in the game there? Yeah, look, at the end of the day, stuff, football goes forward against you. You know, I've been on the I've been on the receiving end of stuff that's gone for me. That one went against me. It's, it's done now. I mean, the, the beauty about having three games in seven days, that's done now. I'm, I'm more, I'm looking at the fact that we've, you know, Showed a lot of character in the two games after coming back from losing position. So that stuff, it goes for and against you. I mean, it is what it is. Um, and, you know, I've, I've played an, enough games now to realise that that's, you just got to take it, take it, you know, take it as it comes and, and just move on to the next one. <laughs> Didn't have much time to think about it because we played three days later. <laughs> So we scored uh, two set-piece goals on the weekend. Oh, yeah, on the weekend. So is that something that you've been working a lot on yeah. training or is it something that just happens on the pitch with our, you know, we've got good size coming up with Tongyuk and Stens, obviously, are big threats in the air? Yeah, I think it's a bit of both. I mean, um, you know, the coaching staff do a great job with, um, you know, key areas that we can um, exploit, I guess, and also, you know, on the defensive side as well, um, how we set up, I think, you know, with the, the height we've got, the aerial ability of, you, know, you look at the boys coming up, from, you know, centre-back, we've got yeah, Gianni, we've got Shimo, we've got whoever starts up front, all of them can, are great headers of the ball as well. And you add that to the mix, you've got a low who's got yeah, the best vertical leap I've ever seen. So, um, it's no, you know, I think he scored, what, he scored off three set pieces this year? Four? No, four, sorry. Yeah. He scored off like, the one against you, so it's four. You know, he's a massive threat. Um and he's, you know, I've got a lot of talent. He's got a lot more to give as well. Like he's going to continue improving. He's a great, great kid. He wants to learn. He's only going to get better. So, um, I think, yeah, with every game, we, we, we see where, you know, well, out, we've got, you know, as I said, some height, some great aerial ability. So yeah, every game, um, we've got confidence that we can score off, off any set piece. That's for sure. Just finally, before we uh, look to, to wrap things up here, we've got a couple of uh, fan questions that have been submitted uh, through Instagram and Facebook. Um, the first one here is uh, actually from Dan Hall. Um, he wants to know if there's a reason that you opt out of playing against him in pool. Oh, my God. All right, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to play Dan. I'm going to play Dan tomorrow. I hope he's listening. I hope somehow he finds out tomorrow he's got a game. I'll, I'll play. Okay, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thing is, I'm I'm, the, I'm uh, busy getting you know doing all the right things with the prehab and stuff. I don't know what Dan's doing playing for all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, that's so good. Um, yeah, gonna have to book a time to come and watch this game. <laughs> it sounds like a grudge match, but uh, um... honestly, the standard, the standard, look, the, the game between me and him will probably be a poor one. I don't know if that should be filmed or televised anywhere, but <laughs> but I think. Um, but I think uh, it's it's a good. We've got a pool. Obviously, the pool table. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, after training, it's all, all part of it. The boys have um, great fun with it. So yeah, uh, we've, I've been meaning to have a game with him. But now that he's he's called he's you gone out. on the record on you know public record, yeah, he's, he's called me out. He so stitched you up here. Yeah. So Mark, uh, Mark Jamison on Instagram also wants to know. He wants to know if you had an emo music phase or if you have a favourite emo music band. Oh look. 
Definitely not an emo music phase. I, I like all, I like different types of music. I mean, I mean, yeah, I'm pretty easy with that. I, I wouldn't say I'm into any emo music, though. That's, yeah. Mike will be very disappointed, nah. but that's okay. I mean, I mean, I like bands. Like, what's, it, what's really an emo band? You know what I mean? I don't really know. My Chemical Romance. Yeah, different surely. people have different definitions. I mean, you could dashboard confessional yeah. or simple Simple Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know, yeah. Uh, yeah, I've never had that question before. It's a new Just one. Just speaking no, of I, that. I haven't had a phase. <laughs> I used to play the guitar, though, but I, I definitely, I, I don't know. Well, there was definitely no emo phase, though. I feel, I feel better now. I'm a Gen X. What's emo? <laughs> <laughs> Do you have, like, a pump-up song before a game? Is there, like, a go-to song that you gets gets you pumped up before a game? Um, I listen to the music that gets played in the chain room, so... You know, maybe when I was a bit younger, I used to listen to my own like headphones and stuff. But you know, the boys are got a couple of different lads that um, DJ each week, so there's a song that um, gets played a few times or a lot. But um, uh, yeah, um, there's no real. When I was younger, you know, when you probably I used to listen to Eminem, and um, I still do, but not as religiously. Like before a game, I don't have like a set song I have to listen to. Who's the worst pre-game DJ? Oh, that's a tough one. There's, to be fair, they do a good job. Um, I know Gianni gets on there. He does a good job. And um, Adam Pierce gets on there, and he does a good job as well. So, to be honest, there's no one that's, like, really bad, or else that's a good sign, or else I'd have my headphones. <laughs> the, fact that I listen to, the fact that I listen to the, the speaker, you know, blasting throughout the chain, it is a good sign. The both of them do a pretty good job. So Jim Quilty uh, wants to know, what are you enjoying most about life on the coast? Do you have any sort of interests or hobbies outside of football? Um, yeah, I mean, back in Victoria, I used to um, go fishing a little bit, so I don't mind fishing. I've only gone once or twice, and I enjoy playing um, a bit of golf. I suck. Like I, you know, I'll slice nearly every ball, but <laughs> it's fun. Like I like going with the boys and having, you know, playing nine holes and maybe a day off or I've got a couple of days off. So yeah, that's probably my two main hobbies. Like I'm there, yeah, I'm terrible at golf, but it's just fun to be around the lads having having a laugh doing that. Um other than that, um coast life's great, you know, living I guess living near the ocean's awesome. Um so the no, the people around the coast as well are so nice, like especially if you run into, you know, the fans and stuff. They're all really, really nice and it's yeah, it's great that, you know, we're doing well at the moment and giving them a lot of joy. So that's great. So have you actually done some fishing on the coast, uh, Stefan? Because um, this old bloke here is the bloke who's noted for the fishing, the three Fs of life. That's uh, family, football and fishing. Um, so, yeah, when, yeah. You're, when you're ready for a good fish, let the boys at um, Coast Football Ramble know. <laughs> we'll be among it. <laughs> hey, hey, hit me up. I need all the help I can get. So Moz has got a day out planned for you on Brisbane water. Yep, Brisbane Moor is our spot. I have caught one. I went just off the sand at um, Terrible Beach one night, and I caught a pretty big whiting. So nice. that's the only place I've gone. But if there's anyone, yeah, on a day off or when we've got a couple of days off, I'm, I'm there. Done. We, we need to do that and film it, 100%. Yeah, sounds like some good content for the socials, yeah, for sure. We've got to catch, make sure we catch something, though. Absolutely, <laughs> guarantee it. And just finally, one last question uh, from Nathan via Instagram. He wants to know, if you can only pick one player here, uh, who is the best in training? Uh, I'll go with Ollie. 
Good shout. Yeah. That's, that's, that's not surprised. surprised. I'm not You're surprised not by that. Professional. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Thanks once again, Stefan, for uh, making the time for the Coast Football Ramble this afternoon, mate. Have really enjoyed chatting with you and, um, yeah, looking forward to seeing you guys go around again on Sunday. Thanks, guys. Appreciate being on. Thanks, Thanks Stefan. Welcome to the Coast. Yep. Thanks, Stefan. Thank you. Alrighty, touching on other A-League things. Uh, the Jets are close to announce, announcing a new coach, apparently. Um, the rumour is it's either Kenny Lowe or Craig Deans. Um, <laughs> Kenny Lowe. <laughs> if it's Kenny Lowe, they have lost their absolute minds. Um, that's an interesting one. They've also announced two new signings, uh, Liridan Krasnicki and Sirihan Abimanyu. I've probably absolutely butchered the pronunciations of those, but hey, that's, uh, that's how we do things here. Um, they also beat City 1-0 on Sunday afternoon, so hmm, cool. City were uh, not very good and deserved to lose, but mm. didn't mm. Jamie McLaren play that game? Or? <laughs> Every chance that he had that wasn't a tap-in, he missed, so yes, confirmed. Actually, just touching on that, this is, this is something that triggered me a little bit the other day. I saw an article that's come out from uh, one of the writers at the Football Sack um, who has listed his top five Australian co- or his top five coaches in the A-League. Um, for some reason, he's included not only Mark Rodin, Steve Corica, but Patrick Kuznorbo is on there. Yeah, I'm not he's sure about that one. He's coached seven games, <laughs> like not even, and lost the majority of them, hasn't he? <laughs> what is it? Stadge has already beaten three of the five on that list? Four of the Four five. Four of the five. And is Stadge on the list? No. Oh, the only one that he hasn't beaten on there is uh, Ufitale, um, who, well, that's going to change Could happen weekend. on Sunday. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully happen. There's um, only one word for that. Wow. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Got me absolutely baffled, but uh, yeah, there you go. I, I, actually, that's probably a decent question. Who, who's the first Gonski this season, oh, coach-wise? Brebner or Kiznorbo? Kiznorbo, I think. Um, I think. If City don't improve in the next five games. Look at how games. poor Victory are too, though, and they demand success. Yeah. Brebs has got to be close. I'm and they are rubbish. Yeah, Say it they again. Are. They're finishing behind us. <laughs> there's, a, there's a weird amount of choice this season for who's going to get sacked first, and it's strangely not speaking about us. It's so it's weird. Awesome. Stage, um, I think, is the most like secure out, yeah, of, out uh, of anyone. Well, he has to be at the moment, isn't yeah. he? Yeah. yeah, between he and, and Warren Moon, both flying high at top of the table like it's yeah. 2011 all over again. Yeah, I'm, I, I would probably go with Kiznor's boat, I think, because yeah. just because it's big CFG, they... they they won't even look at the league or they, prob- they probably won't even speak to him. They'll just look at the table in the A-League and go, mm, out. <laughs> so, Quick email. Yeah, quick email. Oh, they're not showing up at his house at 1.30 in the morning. To <laughs> 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 uh, a couple of other games. Uh, we saw some pretty uh, fair amount of entertainment on, on Saturday night. Um, Brisbane absolutely destroying victory. I think that was 5-2, that one finished. Um, Scott McDonald has absolutely forced my words back down my throat. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> After last week saying I don't rate him at all And then he goes and does that um, Victory yep. Victory Ooh. They were dumpster fire bad. They were Not good mm. Some of their signings Not good <laughs> Some of their Young players Questionable um, They Yeah They just I don't know they, They're just not good I think they were like, Sometimes maybe shit Sometimes maybe shitter Yeah and Oh well Some of the Some of the Some of the defending Some of the goalkeeping Like Max Crocombe I 
Uh, don't know where he come from. Never even heard of him before this season. Except he was for at the Brisbane. Fact he was at Brisbane last season. Yeah. Played League Two in the UK before that. Yeah. So a little birdie did tell me that we were maybe looking at him if Beerus didn't resign. Which Ugh. thank God he did because after that performance on the weekend, huh. no thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Wenzel Hall's at it again. Wenzel, him yeah. and him and Alou uh, might be fighting over the Golden Boot come season's end. With, hopefully, with yeah. uh, hopefully Alou keeps it up. But and like, it, Wenzel it was, Hall's is really good. Yeah, it was it was what three 0 within twenty minutes, and then Victory sort of had this mini comeback, and you thought, oh, maybe they might get back into it, but no. <laughs> Brisbane scored like a few minutes after half time, and I don't know what Brebner said at half time, but he must have had the Mulvey half time chat because it just all fell to pieces. <laughs> Mate, Cruz, Cruz, and Rojas were—I don't know what the hell's going on with them, but they have been very, very poor. Well, well I mean, that's standard Robbie Cruz, really, isn't it? Robbie Cruz cries for ninety minutes, so <laughs> if you're worried about playing football, he might actually be all right. But yeah, I'm confident. Aaron, will we finish above victory on the table? 100%. <laughs> Catch me on that later in the season. Come on, I dare you to. Just take this as a little Vox Pop. When do we get to play them? Yeah, well, that's the other thing. No way. Not, not soon enough. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, that's that's the other thing. Of course, they've been so poor in this early start of the season. If, if God forbid, they do turn it around. We've missed um, an easy three points. Yeah, or potentially even six points um, because there will be teams that we've played twice, possibly even three times by the time we get to Melbourne. So, mm. um, of course, I mean, that's in a, a bit of a state of flux at the moment with, you know, coronavirus and border closures and, and things like that. But hopefully we get to take them on pretty soon. The other game that we saw on Saturday night, of course, MacArthur and Western Sydney Wanderers in the whatever derby that one is called these days. Uh, finished 2-all. Federici finally getting chipped um, after playing most of the season in the opposition 18-yard box. Um, some finish from Dorans. In the Western Southern Bankstown, Western East, Campbelltown, Leichhardt, M7 derby. <laughs> Oh dear uh, MacArthur scored twice from corners uh, Of course the first one I think it was We saw Siggy Gordon uh, Getting beaten at the near post there Yep You love to see it mm-hmm. And oh, then well. Wanderers scored from a corner as well And uh, was it Bacchus with that Ridiculous uh, oh, that, flick, that flick That little flick at the near post Oof. That mm. was uh, I don't know if, uh, Do you think that was a fluke Or did he mean it? I think he meant I it I think he meant I it d- yeah. I don't think he meant like I don't think he meant the pass, but he definitely meant the flick into sort of a dangerous area. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, perfect. Was this a game where we saw another shirt pull that uh, prevented yeah, we a did. goal? Yeah, yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah. It's becoming yeah. a thing in the A-League now. So just yeah. grab out of the shirts, You can just boys. grab shirts in the box. Yeah, yeah. Apparently. yeah. Welcome and to the A-League where the rules are made yeah. up. And <laughs> it would be remiss of me now that you do mention it, watching the replay back of our game, the Barisha chance that he's guys over the crossbar. Yeah. Watch, oh. watch that chance. Watch that chance, and watch what Ron does. Yeah, a little bit. Oh, I look forward to that. Because if I'm if Didn't I'm leave. gonna if I'm gonna stick to what I've been saying, yeah. shirt pulls in the box. Yeah. Either way, should be a free kick or a penalty. There's a pretty big shirt pull oh, there from Ruan. Yeah, okay. he, he got yeah. away with it. Yeah, and I, I think I think better. I think that's actually why when Barisha gets up, he keeps on going on with whatever he's going on with because mm. he felt the shirt pull. Mm. But he was too caught up in just getting sliced and all that sort of stuff. He didn't really complain to the ref too much. Swings but and roundabouts, though, isn't it? Don't think they even looked at it. Yeah, no, swings and roundabouts after what happened the other week against Wellington. Yep, so, correct. Uh, is what it is. Um, and of course, uh, we saw Perth come from behind to beat Adelaide 2 1. Stefan Walk with a pretty interesting halftime uh, interview on his way out, calling out Neil Kilkenny. Um, what was it that he said? Um, he wasn't good enough. Oh, he, he wasn't good enough to play at City. That's he why he didn't start at City. That's yeah. why he wasn't getting yeah. any time at City. That's right. <laughs> and Kilkenny came 
out and uh, had the last laugh a little bit there with his team getting the win and uh, also he insisted that they give him a post-match interview so that he could say his piece. It was a, it was a pretty good comeback, uh, but he probably had 45 minutes to think of it. I yeah. think yeah, he um, spent the entire second half stewing on it. The whole, the whole. You see that little smirk on his face when he said it. Yeah. Like, I was so he, proud he of himself. He knew it was coming. He was like, "I've been waiting for this," and the whole he should go write about it in his in his diary. diary. Perfect. <laughs> he was, was so proud of it. He actually perfect. said it twice. It was entertaining. Yeah. I'll, I'll say that because it was entertaining. if anyone doesn't get the reference, Stefan Mork has sort of a side business of diaries for athletes where they can write their thoughts in it and where they need to improve and what their thoughts are on the game and all that sort of stuff. So. Perfect comeback from Kilkenny for me. Let's have a look at some of the questions that are coming in from you guys uh, across the various forms of social media. Thank you all once again for uh, for all your interactions. We'll start off with uh, Dave Bloom in this week. He has yet another would you rather. This one is football related, lads. Dave asks, would you rather go back and relive the game that never happened or have the Mariners succumb to the wooden spoon for the next 10 years and also the Jets somehow win the A-League in those 10 years? Pretty well, easy one for me, I think. Yeah, me too. It's funny, we've experienced the one that never happened and we almost experienced the spoon one we were like half we're like halfway there um that's got to be the game that never happened for me yeah i can't do i couldn't do 10 years of, no. of pain especially with the jets i can do short-term pain and i think on reflection i appreciate that day as i got older yeah. even as shit as it was at the time i think uh as a general football fan as well obviously i think it was a pretty crazy day and a pretty pretty landmark sort of a day for the league I think that's easily less painful than having to watch the scum win it 10 years in a row yeah <laughs> if I have to watch us lose 8-0 again to win another spoon nope nope unanimous A yep Easy one there. Uh, now, Henry on Twitter, uh, Henry asks, do you think the recent trend of conceding first will come back to bite us at some point? Will we keep outscoring opposition or do we need to look at an improvement of concentration levels and vulnerability in the first half hour of games as a priority moving forward? It'll, it'll 100% come back to bite us at some point. Yeah. Just a matter of when, not if, really for me. Um, we're not going to be able to do what we've done in the last two games every single game. Um, I think... We are, we are probably our own worst enemy in a way, a little bit. Like, for example, giving away the free kick to Diamante on the weekend in that really dangerous spot really early is just not something we need to be doing. Um, but hopefully they'll learn from that and uh, less of that will happen. I mean, and if, you know, if, we, if we concede an early goal to good play, then so be it. But it's, it's when we concede early to uh, our own mistakes that's a bit frustrating. And when we come up against a good side like a Brisbane, Hello, 2012, 2011, whatever. Um, that's when it'll come back to bite us. Yeah, I'd mm. say, yes, it will. And uh, will, they, uh, will we keep outscoring them? Yes, we will. <laughs> and uh, do we need to improve our concentration levels in some of those moments? Yes, we do. Yes, I think that's just yes, a, yes. I think that's just another sign of, you know, something we can improve on. If we put full 90s together every week, we're going to be hard to beat. Yeah, so that's a good point. I mean, we're top of the table and still have clear signs of improvement. So Exactly. Yep. Lee on Facebook asks uh, about our left-back options, in fact. Um, he asks, if there is someone that can push clues because we don't seem to have much depth at left-back, do we see this as our, potentially our weakest position? In terms of depth, that is. Uh, I'd probably weakest say position so. in terms of depth, yeah, probably. Because, yeah. I mean, for me, there's, based on what we've seen so far, 
Rolls is 100% a centre-back. Mm. Um, the only real competition for spots we have in that spot is Matt Hatch. I was about to say, um, we haven't really spoken much about him. Yeah. Um, we did bump into Ken Shembury earlier this afternoon, um, who mentioned that you know it's, it's only a matter of time, surely, until Hatchie starts... Getting getting some minutes. Yeah, and I'm, I mean, for anyone that hasn't watched him, he's apparently Dan Bauman's the quickest player on our team. Matt Hatch is probably another few good steps Jeez, quicker than him. Lightning. He is lightning. And so as an attacking option down that left-hand side, he would be great. Mm. Good good crosser of the ball. Saw him score some worldies in the NPL as well last season. Mm-hmm. Um, so really good player, really keen to see him when he does get his chance. Um Again, like you said, it's just a matter of when for me, when he does. And if he does and he impresses, then that's how he locks down that spot. So, but yeah, that, that, that left-back spot. And, you know, Clisby's improved in the last sort of couple of games for me. I sort of criticised him a bit sort of early on, but he has improved. Um, but, you know, again, at fault for a goal on the weekend. Um, I dare say at some point he will probably get a rest with the crazy draw and then we'll see Hatch and we'll see how we go. But yeah. I would say, that doesn't that mean that we have got depth? Because we do have some options there. Hasn't Dan Hall played some minutes there? Maybe not that many. Yeah, I think um, you've got about five minutes there against yeah, Sydney, so, we, so we've got Hall, who has played there. We've got, got Hatch, who can play there and has been pretty effective at the level um, that he played at last. And uh, Rolls can play there. So there is, we're not without depth. There is there. options. Yeah. I think Stefan Negro's also played a, a fair bit of uh, game time there as well. So, yeah, yeah there's options. Um, and I think maybe that's potentially why Cliz has gone up a gear this year. Um, because he does realise there are players breathing down his neck. Mm. And that's just really... I think you can say that for, you know, everywhere on the pitch as well, as that starting 11 has sort of, I guess, been set, but then there's lots of players that can come in and do the job as well, and they're, you know, like just Pete just said, breathing down their necks for spots all over the pitch. So that's, you know, that's just another good sign of uh, depth in, in the side. Nice to have a bit of competition all over the park. Jamie Palmer uh, on Facebook, and I love this one personally. Do any of you have a spare foot I can put in my mouth after questioning when the best time would be to drop Matt Simon? Well, uh, I've got two. <laughs> <laughs> Are they spare? I, uh, I actually really appreciate the, uh, the contrition from Jamie there. Um, of course, we spoke about it earlier in the, in the show, but um, Simo's been an absolute workhorse and an absolute weapon over the last couple of weeks. So, yeah, hard to, um, hard to drop him on current form at all. Mate, there's eight feet in this room, so I hope you got a big mouth. Um, <laughs> well, I, I said last year that Alou was probably probably not ready for A League level just yet, so he's definitely proved me wrong. So I'm not. Yeah. Uh, you're not the only one that. All has four to put, of us are not immune to uh, eating our own words. Yes, that's for sure. I don't know what you're talking about. I'd never bad mouth Scott McDonald. <laughs> I may have given Lewis Miller some hard times last year. <laughs> <laughs> no, props to you, Jamie, for uh, for speaking up there and uh, and owning that one there. Um, Andy Jennings on Facebook. Why every time that we start to do better does Brisbane decide to pull it together and start challenging us? Because it's 2011 all over again, mate. That's why. Yeah, go away. <laughs> Stop it. We don't. We don't need a repeat of what the thing that didn't never happened. Ever happened? Never happened. No. Uh, um, that was that I was mean, almost yeah. 10 years ago now, which is crazy. Yeah, we haven't they had a chance s- to beat them this year yet. So you know. yeah, they're a good side at the moment, Brisbane. 100. Yeah. percent They yeah. are a good side. Not mm. not playing anywhere near the same style that they were obviously back then, but. They are playing some good stuff, scoring plenty of goals. Um, so yeah, it'll be it'll be good when we get to playing. I um, I admittedly wrote them off at the start of the season. Yes, yeah, so I did. I mm. think yeah, I think I think probably full credit needs to go to Warren Moon. Mm. Really inexperienced 
uh, at this level and seems to be doing wonders. Seems to be doing well. Mm. Also, actually, as a side note on that, them playing at Redcliffe. Oh, it's so good. much better to watch on TV yeah. than yeah. a bloody Suncorp. Make yeah. that 100% a thing. Really want to do Perfect. an away trip up there. Yeah, yeah, cool. It looks uh, it looks like a cracking little venue. So yeah. so much better to watch. And yeah. having like the balcony of the Leagues Club overlooking the pitch is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I would 100%. You could 100% find me on that balcony. <laughs> <laughs> Let us book the balcony. That's have it as the away That's got to be the away bay. Exactly right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just punching durries and sinking skewies. How <laughs> <Yeah>, good. <laughs> Uh, Matthew Brewster on Facebook asks, what's our opinion on Garby's suggestion on ABC Grandstand? A chant for Allo Qual um, to the tune of Daddy Cool. Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. Absolutely. I think this is one that, um, uh, for those who may be acquainted with Basics, Dean Rowdy um, has been singing this one for some weeks already. So uh, nice to see Garby catching up there. <laughs> Him and Rowdy must talk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rowdy does have uh, a bit of influence, I believe. So. <laughs> Um, Trent Woods on Facebook question for the podcast team uh, that's us would you let your wife or girlfriend have a job with Matt Simon and if not why are you a Jets fan <laughs> <laughs> Mate, if he scores the winning header in a grand final he can do what he wants my in- wife didn't appreciate this including to me <laughs> Stop right there <laughs> Next next question uh, Moving on Zach Colebrook on Facebook Are we the new Adelaide In that we will never Actually get a draw uh, Yeah because we're Winning the rest of the games Yeah we're winning it From first <laughs> Fine <laughs> Martin Rayner Shout out to Marty On Mariners TV uh, Thanks for the Mariners TV shout out We saw the legendary Dan Challoner Attempt the Crossbar challenge It was definitely An attempt who out of you guys would hit the bar most from the 18-yard box, given five attempts? Uh, I'm putting I, my hand up for this one because I'd I actually... I'd myself out because I haven't played for so long. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm probably a bit of a legend at uh, Baker Park for the pre-training warm-up crossbar challenge. Uh, so I'm going to say it's me and you, Pete, giving... Given Aaron's dodgy ACL, I think yes. we. Um, I reckon. I reckon we should actually go and find out. Maybe before next week's show, we might head down to um, hashtag content. Yeah, hashtag content. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe on one of the soccer fives or soccer sevens pitches and um, see how we go. Yeah, I'll give it a go. Oh, I'll see what happens. I can I'm hit the, I can hit the crossbar in real games all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember the last time I hit the crossbar in a real game because I don't get that high up the pitch. But. <laughs> Um, and finally, Kebby Coops, uh, rotating Simon and Qual for a like-for-like interchange has been working perfectly. Do you think a regular interchange between Simo and Qual is the way to go from here onwards? I think this is something that we touched on briefly earlier in the show. It's 100% working perfectly. And like I said before, you bring off Simo and you just basically, basically get a younger, uh, arguably more athletic version in terms of just like the bloody hassle and just the sort of in your face and yeah it's it's the way forward if it if it ain't broken don't fix it and those sort of go-go gadget legs that he has that just sort of come from nowhere to get the ball seems to win the ball in the weirdest spots they just come out of nowhere love it absolutely love it uh thanks once again for all your questions great response from the fans thank you peeps Oh, yeah, so that was good. the most comments that we've got for a while. So yep. uh, team going well equals pod going well. So <laughs> thank you. Keep them coming, of course, uh, for next week's episode. We'll uh, make sure to keep you in the loop as to when that one is Hopefully going Hopefully we've got up. another win to talk about next week. Oh, I'm sure we will. I am sure we will.
Finally this week, before we wrap up here, uh, it's time to have a quick look at the Coast Football Ramble tipping competition at the top of the ladder. This week, uh, moving back to the top, is Big Will. Uh, second place is Matt. Third is Jono. Fourth is Please Stop the Hursa. And fifth uh, is Jake Rosa, uh, who was formerly known as ESPN Footy Tips user. There you go. Um, none of the pod team appear to be in the top ten. Uh, the closest one there would be Murder on Zidane's floor, which I believe is you, Josh Howe. Yes. Uh, on 15 points. So still only, well, you're four points off the top. Um, equal on points with Aaron Mariner in 13th. Uh, we've got Marty Rayner in 15th, Fred in 16th, and, um, and I think it's all the way down to... Jeez, I can't see myself. I'm off the screen. Luke ah, still hasn't tipped. There we go. Hello, goodbye in 21st. So, um, pod team going strong. No, mm. this is why you don't listen to us. <laughs> I, I, I hope to stop my free falling soon. <laughs> That's relatable to Tom Petty, who has our club song. <laughs> free falling, I won't back down. I don't, do I know any other Tom Petty songs? No. Probably not. <laughs> um, yeah, last year's champion, SGM, not going so well there in, uh, in 19th. Um, and last year's nearly champion who led for uh, I think 27 rounds <laughs> before the finals uh, Kale Morrow in 39th um, Kale what's happening give us a give us a buzz and let us know what's what's going on there not a lot of tipping I hear <laughs> <laughs> but but you can't say the same Steve I know you're tipping <laughs> Oh, fellas, it has been an absolute pleasure once again this week sharing uh, sharing the podcast with you guys. Not the sweat box of excellence this week, of course. We do have That's working good. air conditioning, which is uh, which is nice. It's the corporate boardroom of excellence, of excellence. <laughs> and it is it is the, uh, the yeah the room of excellence here with uh, the lovely view of the center of excellence it is. pool yep. uh, and the Bunnings. Yep, yep. <laughs> Ping pong table in the next room there. That's about it from us, I think. See you boys in the gong. Yes, get down there, get of course. Down. Once more, One more plug for those of us is ccmariners.com.au or give the club a call um, to book your seat there and let's get big numbers down there and um, get the three points. Get the bickies on Sunday. Cannot wait. I See love you away in the way, days. Love away days. Go all right, boys. that is absolutely it from us here uh, on the Coast Football Ramble. Thank you all so much for tuning in once again and we'll see you next week. Love ya. See ya. I don't think a bit of length will be unappreciated, but...